Hello and welcome to the next instalment of MediaTel Conversations, a podcast brought to you by MediaTel. Our aim is to bring you the biggest names in the media industry to discuss the most important news topics of the day, as well as allow them to tell their story. This week, the newly appointed editor of MediaTel News, Michaela Jefferson, sits down with the CEO of Hearst UK, James Wildman, to discuss the impact of COVID-19 on the business and what lies in store at Hearst UK. I'm Michaela Jefferson, a reporter for MediaTel News, and today I'm chatting with someone you're probably all pretty familiar with. It's James Wildman, once Managing Director and VP at Yahoo, then uh, Chief Revenue Officer at news brand publisher Trinity Mirror, which is obviously now known as Reach, and for the last three years, UK CEO of magazine publisher Hearst, and also more recently, President of Hearst Europe. Hearst, if you don't already know, is the publisher of magazine brands including Cosmopolitan, Elle, Good Housekeeping, Men's Health, Esquire, loads of amazing magazine brands. So welcome, James, and thanks for joining us today. How have you been? Hello, Michaela. Um, Very nice to speak to you. All good. Thank you very much. I'm very privileged. I live in a very nice house with a lovely garden with my beautiful family around me. So I found lockdown not too well certainly probably easier than a lot of uh, a lot of people i know have um missing the interaction missing the more you know the spontaneity that comes with just bumping into people um missing that a lot actually but other than that pretty good oh my god so i last interviewed you about two years ago for a profile piece on media tell news which uh, if you haven't already read listeners you should go and read it because it is fabulous <laughs> um, I'm taking the mic out of me because I said fabulous so often. No, oh, it's a great word and it suits you. <laughs> but in that interview, you told me that moving to Hearst was like finding your spiritual home. We're two years on from that now. You're now three years into the job. Do you still feel that way? Wow, what a question. Well, I, I yes, I absolutely do. I'm not sure what I meant by that, but I suppose what I probably meant was that I bounced around a few companies, really, in a few different media, and um, you know, love. I mean, I've had an incredibly um, privileged career. I've, I've and, and I've enjoyed everywhere I've worked. But I did, I did sort of land at Hearst, and I think it's the combination of the talent that I'm I, I'm working with, and the and and the extraordinary brands and the scale of the opportunity. I just felt. That combination was was really really special, um, and it did feel like I'd so I, I was made to feel very welcome as well by everyone, which was lovely. And um, so I did feel it was my spiritual home, and, and and if anything, I feel that even more now because I can't quite believe it's three years. I mean, that if I'm honest, it's flown by, but I just still feel exactly the same way about you know the, the, this incredible combination of everything that we that, that we have and clearly i'm sure we're going to be talking about the current crisis and um what that means for everybody but nothing has really changed in terms of the fundamentals of our business and you know the fact that we i mean i, I i'll have to name drop a couple of things if i may i mean it's the um you know we won last week this is hot off the press but but we won at the uh, the campaign publishing awards the media business of the year so i i sort of stopped to reflect on that and just thought that's extraordinary you know hearst as media business of the year um against the beer moths of you know everything from news uk to the guardian to you know some extraordinary businesses that we compete with in the publishing sector so i'm extraordinarily proud of, of the sort of progress we're making and the the strides that we've taken um and i still feel that the opportunity ahead of us is just massive so yeah still very much my spiritual home thank you but in real terms as you say the world now is very different to how it was two years ago don't need to get into how coronavirus is ravaging businesses and economies and just our everyday lives but 
undeniably the whole publishing industry is taking a few nasty knocks here and there. So I'm just, first of all, just interested in how you as a business, as Hearst, as an employer as well, is adapting to lockdown um, and all the changes that have happened. Well, it's a very good question. And obviously, nothing really prepared any business, I don't think, for what we're currently going through. But I suppose... You know, we were probably better able to adapt than than many, I think, because we've um, over the last few years we've been we, we've been really working hard to become a much more progressive, future-facing company. You know, one that is more agile, more more um, more able to work flexibly, more tech-enabled, and because of those investments that we've made and the cultural shifts that we've been really you know pushing. I think we made this adjustment very, very well, actually. And, um, you know, we've not missed a beat in terms of the, um, you know, the business continuity. You know, we've not missed a deadline. Our content is published to time. Our websites are flying. So we've kept the wheels turning in a way that I have to say I'm extraordinarily proud of. And, and, you know, the business has come together. I mean, our people are, are collaborating like never before. I think the ingenuity, the resourcefulness, you know, particularly from the editorial um, colleagues, uh, is, is ju- you know, it's it's mind-boggling actually. And we're now 15 weeks into lockdown because um, we took the decision at Hearst to go a little earlier than we had to because we knew that we could, and we we had a dry run of of working from home, and it was it was successful. So we thought, well, why 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 not carry on? Everyone's set up at home, um, and we are, you know, I have to say, in terms of our production and the audiences that we're we're super serving we're doing extraordinarily well and and um yeah there's lots to say about it but i think that first and foremost has uh, you know has been the most pleasing thing and you know within that i suppose we should say that that there are lots of lots of the trends that we'd already been focusing on have just sped up a lot so you know our digital acceleration which forms a a very key pillar of our um of our, de- of our development and our growth strategy, uh, that's just gone into overdrive um, in terms of the e-commerce that we're doing and our, our ability to sign up new subscribers, et cetera, how, how we're leveraging our, our huge uh, digital audiences. been really exciting. Um, so there's loads to say about everything, but, um, but yeah, we're cracking on. I think the other thing to say, I suppose, is that, you know, in terms of keeping our people really well informed of everything that we're doing. We put communication, strong communication, very much at the forefront. I've done pretty much a daily update to our company, you know, trying to provide everything from helpful tips to news updates to, you know, focusing and featuring some of our brilliant content. We do a positivity post every week for our customers and our our colleagues as well, where we bring you know some of the very best of our content that we're that we're producing um, to the fore, and we're getting we're winning a lot of audits for that. Uh, we do a weekly all staff meeting, a bit like this, uh, where uh, we shine a spotlight on various parts of our business and developments that we that, that we want to promote to our teams. Um, every Friday morning, we all come together as a, as a thousand of us roughly, and we we all we all join. Uh, an all-staff call, which is working very well, and we've had good feedback from. So, yeah, there's, I mean, we've adapted, I would say. Uh, I'm not complacent at all, and there's obviously a lot we need to do to ensure our people are, you know, all safe and supported um, because we're, you know, these, we're living in incredibly challenged times. Um, and, you know, a lot of our editorial people especially are absolutely on the front line of a lot of these 
things that are that are going on around us. Um, so we we yeah we work hard to make sure that that our people feel supported and that we're doing everything we possibly can for our all important people. But yeah, I'm I'm pleased with how we've uh, how we've developed actually and how we've evolved in a very short space of time. And what about as a publisher of magazines then? This is uh, it's got to be a very different time to how it was four months ago. How have you seen your business impacted in that way? So the print side of the business is interesting. So um, first and foremost, I'll reiterate that, you know, we've not missed a beat. And, and that's, you know, that's been absolutely brilliant, you know, considering that we, we haven't been able to, you know, do the photo shoots and the, you know, and the international travel and all of the things that we would normally do and take for granted has, has meant, as I say, that our, our, um, our editorial people have been incredibly resourceful in, in getting the magazines out. Obviously, as consumer behaviour has changed through lockdown, people going shopping less often, a lot of the retail stores that we sell our magazines in have been closed. So we've, you know, our our, um, sales have been hit, our our high street sales have been hit to various degrees. You know, grocery, you know, the big supermarkets have been um, less impacted as people still go to, uh, they've also remained open and people still do their weekly shops. Some of the convenience stores, which have been closed for a number of weeks, obviously have been impacted and more impacted than anything, of course, uh, are the big international travel hubs like the airports and the big, you know, the WH Smiths in the, in the, in the major sort of railway stations, etc., which as where, where our sales have literally gone pretty much to zero. So overall, through lockdown, you know, the sales of our magazines have been impacted to about, you know, 25 percent. I mean, this is probably in line with most media companies across the whole spectrum. The bright light, though, to that, we're seeing it come back now as, as the shops reopen and, you know, we're getting back to normality and people are starting to get out and back onto the high street and shopping again. So we're seeing it week after week improve in terms of the high street sales. But the real sort of nugget, if you like, is our, you know, extraordinary growth in subscription. And, you know, our subs are up 100% plus on pretty much every title, which is extraordinary and very encouraging for our future trends. So, yeah, so our digital audiences have never been stronger and maybe that's stimulating uh, an appetite for more of the print content, which is in turn driving our subs uptake. So, you know, print has, you know, long term, as we said earlier, long term trends speeding up. We've seen, a, you know, an acceleration in some of these longer term trends, some of which will correct themselves, of course, as we go back to something like normality. And we're seeing that as, as we're going. I mean, the biggest impact, of course, has been advertising. And that's true of, of media generally. That's not an issue that's specific to magazines or, or, or print. Every medium from cinemas who aren't even open through to television, etc. I mean, we, we saw in Q2. April and May, I mean, a, a collapse of advertising, circa 50%. But each month now, that's improving bit by bit, uh, as we're seeing confidence come back and, you know, consumers starting to shop again, etc. So it's um, it's been a topsy-turvy, uh, incredibly, um, you know, bumpy ride over the last few months. But, we, you know, we're seeing a, a gradual return to something like normality. I don't suppose it's ever going to get back to quite what it was, but uh, only a matter of months ago, but uh, certainly encouraging signs. Actually, I'm interested as well in how your brand engagement has held up over uh, social media and digital platforms, because uh, I know, especially with brands like Cosmopolitan, you do a lot on social media. Has that held up well? 
extraordinarily well. I, I mean, I think like probably all media companies, our digital audiences have just gone through the roof and, and across all platforms, including social. Uh, I guess that's partly because people, you know, working from home, spending more time on their phones and appliances, and that's just driving our audiences. There's We write um, highly engaging content, which in turn generates a lot of comment uh, on social media. I mean, Cosmopolitan that you mentioned, that's our first brand, if you like, that's bigger in digital in revenue terms now than in print and, and, and tipped a little while ago. And the audiences are just uh, are just huge. Cosmo is the biggest brand on Snapchat in the UK, for example, you know, and reaches over a million millennial women a week, you know, so huge scale. And yeah, I mean, we're seeing that just going from strength to strength. And I think the working from home, the lockdown has definitely stimulated that. I think the last month, our audiences were up to 29 million uniques in the UK across the network, which is top 15, I think, top 15 digital um, publishers in the in the UK. So, yeah, I mean, we're going from strength to strength. And, um, yeah, social's driving that to, to a great extent as well. Okay, so actually, when you talk about long-term trends, obviously one of those is always going to be the decline in ad expenditure into print magazines mainly. You have been preparing for that for a long time and diversifying your revenue streams. So I'm interested in how your di- more diverse streams are holding up because I know some of them are events and obviously events yeah. do quite well uh, at the moment. So yeah, how, how's that going? Well, that's that's not the most successful one at the moment. Obviously, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, alongside digital acceleration, um, our the, the second of our you know real focuses is revenue diversification, as you say. And you know, we've made huge huge progress over the last few years um, on a number of different businesses, actually, uh, of which Hearst Live, the events business you refer to, is one. Now, clearly, that's literally gone to very little. Um, but having said that, even on events, you know, again, the resourcefulness of the team. Um, we've run in the since lockdown three successful virtual events. So Women's Health Live, which we unfortunately had to cancel, um, one of our big um, showcases that was due to run in May. Obviously, we couldn't because of the lockdown. But the team uh, ran that as a virtual event, and you know we had a weekend of of you know videos and classes and you know, influence of presentations and, and, and it was extraordinarily successful and generated many millions of video views uh, across platforms. Um, we had, I think, 12,000 people registered, which, uh, you know, that's an interesting data play for us. Um, we then, uh, with learnings from that, we then ran um, a month later, so last month now, um, the first virtual country living live event, our Spring Fair, which is a huge event usually in normal times, uh, we ran um, as, a, as a weekend's virtual event and that had everything from keeping bees and chickens in your back garden um, to you know making elderflower cordial etc and lots of videos and personalities and um, celebrities and we actually ran a pop-up marketplace on Instagram Live as part of that virtual event to support the artisans that are such an important part of our business and our country living business. And that was very successful as well. So that, so we, we, we're learning and we're, you know, innovating uh, as of course we must. So Hearst Live, our events business, it's not, we're not sure yet when we're going to be back running these, you know, the big, you know, live events that we're known for. But we remain ever hopeful that we'll be back in business in a meaningful way next year. But then some of the other um, businesses we've developed, like Hearst Content Agency, 
is, you know, I mean, we're going from strength to strength. You know, one of our big clients uh, is Asda, and obviously, they, you know, they, they, their requirements for content production over the last little while have been, you know, very demanding. And you know, we've done some fabulous work for for them and other clients, and we've won business as well during lockdown uh, to the Hearst Content Agency, um, which has been really encouraging. Accreditation, again, working with the grocers and, and other advertisers, is a big business for us now. It was very much Good Housekeeping Institute, but we're developing a broader accreditation business across all brands now, and that's working very well at the moment. So some of our businesses are more impacted than others because we have a portfolio approach and sort of multiple revenue lines, multiple businesses under the same roof. We're able to, I think, adjust perhaps more than if we were a single single revenue source media business. And I think, you know, some of these companies, particularly the free-to-air media businesses, which rely solely on advertising, don't have a cover price income or a diversified business, are, you know, I, I must find themselves in a very, very, very challenging spot. We feel very positive, actually. And um, it's uh, whilst there are clearly challenges and we're having, like everybody, to, uh, you know, think about how and when and, you know, if some of our businesses fully recover, the fact that we've, you know, we have a number of bases covered is a good thing, I would say, for Hearst. Just quickly to close, what is your strategy then for coming out of this and for the year ahead, next year? You know, what is the future of Hearst going to look like coming out of coronavirus? To be honest with you, it's not, I mean, I don't think it's going to change our long-term strategy. I think as we come through this, we're going to be as, you know, we're going to be obsessing as we ha- as we were going into it. We're going to be obsessing about digital acceleration. We're going to be obsessing about revenue diversification. And we're also going to be obsessing about growing our print share, actually, because print still will remain a very important business within our product mix, actually. So those focuses, those priorities for us won't change. What's difficult at the moment is not knowing what's, you know, it's such a fluid situation. It feels like things have calmed down a little bit because we've all got used to, we've all adjusted to to working from home and to meetings like this. And, you know, they don't feel quite so unnatural as they did only a matter of weeks ago. But we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, um, I was reading the other day the Group M forecasts, the ad forecasts for next year, which on the face of it are pretty uh, encouraging, actually, in terms of the bounce back, the rebound that they're forecasting. But the provisos on that and the you know the caveats are huge, obviously. Like, no, you know, we have a vaccine. People go on holiday again as normal. The high street is operating. There's no second wave. And because so much of this is unknown, I think it is just important that we remain open-minded, highly adaptable, flexible, and able to respond to whatever comes next. Um, hopefully it will all be good news, but you know, clearly it might not be. We are learning though from other markets. I mean, the fact that Hearst has a global footprint is quite helpful for us. You mentioned that I work in a European role and that gives us insight from other markets, all of which are impacted to a similar extent, but some are slightly further ahead from us. So our business in Milan, in Italy, they came out of lockdown sooner than us and we started, you know, so it's interesting to see in China, of course, which has now had a second wave in Beijing, you know, they were a couple of months ahead of us and they saw some very encouraging consumer behaviour. They even dubbed it revenge spending, where shoppers were back in store, particularly luxury stores, shopping in a very meaningful way, actually. And, uh, you know, with you know money that they hadn't been able to spend during lockdown, burning a hole in their pocket, they were coming back out and um, starting to, you know, spend again. So that, So we're seeing... 
I don't want to say you appear complacent because we're definitely not that, but we are seeing encouraging signs from you know other markets that we operate in that are slightly ahead of us, and we will see how how the UK comes through this and you know whether it's a V-shaped, a U-shaped, a tick-shaped recovery. I mean, unknown as yet, but at Hearst we'll be ready for any eventuality. Do you know, it's been so nice to speak to you, James, and thanks for taking your time out of your, I'm sure, very, very busy schedule to chat with me. An absolute pleasure. It's very nice to see you, and I hope you stay safe and well as well, Michaela. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe for all future episodes as we deliver more MediaTel Conversations.